What's going on, everybody? Former MLB outfielder Austin Jackson here. Look, do me a favor and go check out my man, Chris Palme's podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP. You can tune in Wednesday and Friday nights on Apple, Google, Anchor FM, and Spotify. And you might even get a special guest appearance from yours truly. Take care. How are you doing? Uh, that was uh, Austin Jackson who did the uh, intro for me, former uh, Major League Baseball outfielder with the Cleveland Indians, uh, Detroit Tigers, New York Mets. Um, so, And he's uh, helping out with the Tigers radio broadcasts uh, from time to time when Jim Price can't be there. Anyways, guys, uh, thanks for all watching Live with CDP podcast today on the Saturday, August 7th. I'm going to bring my guests on from Rogers TV London on in a minute. Uh, Noel Smith and uh, Dylan Baker, who uh, do the play-by-play -play and the color analysts for the uh, London Majors of the Inter-County Baseball League. We're, we're, both of them were kind enough uh, to come on, on my podcast today. And I just want to give a shout-out quickly before I bring them on to the Guelph Nighthawks, who won 89-86 over Ottawa last night at the Sleeman Center and moved into fifth place in the CEBL regular season standings and take on Fraser Value Bandits uh, next Sunday at 4 o'clock. So a shout-out to the Guelph Nighthawks. Anyways, guys, just give me one second, and I'm going to bring on my guests today. I really appreciate them both coming on, Noah and Dylan, and I hope you guys enjoy my podcast. Just one second, guys, and I'll bring them on. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, Chris. Thank you. Good. Thank you for coming on again. I really appreciate this. No worries. It's uh, it's a pleasure for us both to be here. We've been looking forward to it. And uh, I know when you first reached out to myself and Dylan, we said, what better way to do this than to get us both on at the same time? Yes. Yeah, so this is the first time I've done two guests at once. So this is also uh, great as well. And I use StreamYard, like I told you guys earlier, instead of Zoom. And it, it, it's it's amazing what it's done for my podcast the last uh, uh, few months. And that because I can bring up video clips and I can bring on up to 10 guests on here, too, if I wanted to have 10 people on my podcast show as well. That's fantastic. I mean, StreamYard is such a great tool to use. We've used it in the past with the Intercounty Baseball League. It seems like a really good platform. I was going to say, and I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't been following the IBL as much as I used to be. Uh, so I might need you guys to give me a little bit of a update on that. I think the standings, you guys are looking pretty good right now. Nine and three, I believe the majors are. Yeah, the majors off to a pretty good start to the season, I'd say, Chris, about as good as uh, anyone here in London could have asked for. Um, you know, we won again last night, and, and I think the big thing with the winning here in London and the getting baseball back is we're starting to see uh, the fans show back up to Labatt Park here, and the atmosphere, uh, me and Dylan were talking about it all last night, the atmosphere here at Labatt Park was amazing, and I think, obviously, the winning, the winning helps with that. Just to add oh. on to that, Chris, quickly, sorry to interrupt. I mean, nope. yesterday night when the Labatt, when Labatt Park was packed against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the fans were really into it, and, and as the game was winding down in the ninth inning, you could hear them chanting and cheering, very excited uh, for the majors to record that final out, get another win. The winning has been brought back to Labatt Park, and the fans are into it. Well, winning helps, too. Winning sells, and also, after this pandemic, we were all uh, stuck in our homes for about over a year, year and a half, and it's been nice to actually um, get out and uh, do some sporting events in Guelph. Right now, we have the CEBL's Guelph Nighthawks playing, and uh, last night they had almost a thousand fans at the Sleeman Center, which is capacity uh, with the government rules right now, and it sounded more like five thousand fans. and And uh, it's just nice to be at sporting events again. And I'm looking forward to my first Guelph Storm game with Rogers TV on September 24th, even a preseason game. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's exciting to get back with uh, Rogers, the local cable companies in all these great cities in southwestern Ontario and, and really across Ontario. Us here, we're getting ready to call the London Majors versus the Brantford Red Sox tonight on Rogers TV. It's actually across a number of different Rogers TV viewing areas as part of the IBL game of the week. So that's really exciting, something that we've been looking forward to. And uh, knock on wood here, Chris, we've been rained out for the first four weeks now of the so. IBL game on game of the week on Rogers TV. So uh, the sun's now out at Labatt Park here in front of us, and it looks looks like we're going to be able to get this game in today. Well, cross my fingers too. So, um, yeah, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, I was going to say, um, hopefully the Gulf Royals will be back next year. I guess uh, they just felt they weren't ready to play uh, the 2021 season. So uh, hopefully they'll be back as well. And then it'll be back to what, an eight-team league again? 
Yeah, it was an eight-team league prior to this season before COVID uh, played a factor. And in talking to people around the Guelph Royals organization, they wanted to play baseball this year, but because of the government restrictions starting in Stage 2, they would have only be they would have only been able to have 250 fans at Hastings Stadium, and that just wasn't going to be enough for the team to survive. So it just didn't work out this season, but uh, looking forward to them being back soon enough. Is there any talk about expansion to the IBL in the future, or are they going to be just going to remain about an eight-team league right now? Well, that's the question that is, seems to go around a lot, especially in the last few years. Um, we can't say anything for certain yet, Chris. One thing that we know has been floated around uh, around the league with executives, teams in the league, is that they're looking to expand. And we've heard that there's at least one team, if not two, that is ready to join the league if they are allowed to, if they're granted that status to join the IBL. Can't say where those teams are because, to be frank with you, we don't really know for sure where they're going to be, um, whether they're going to be kind of at Western Ontario, move back to the GTA area. We don't know. The IBL is looking to expand, and don't be surprised if we see it in, what, the next two or three years? I would think so. I think in the next couple of years, we'll see some new teams, maybe one on each like end of the league right now because London is the furthest team in southwestern Ontario. Maybe we see one a little bit further, uh, possibly another one in the GTA. But the league, we've talked to Commissioner John Kastner. He is adamant the league is trying to expand and grow its presence across the province. I was going to say, and uh, I was involved with the league many, many years ago, back in the uh, mid-80s as a bat boy for the Guelph Royals. And one of my experiences was when the London Majors came into Exhibition Park back then, uh, before they uh, rebuild the stadium into Hastings Stadium. Uh, Fergie Jenkins, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, Cubs pitcher, uh, was with uh, the Majors at the time, and he was their uh, manager, and uh, he asked me to do a few things as the uh, home team bat boy. And it was like, I just wish I had gotten his autograph back then, but I remember Rob Ducey playing for the Gulf Royals back then before he uh, made the major leagues with the Blue Jays. And it was always good baseball. And uh, I actually, uh, hopefully next year, I'll be able to uh, check out a couple of Gulf Royals games as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Guelph always puts on a good product out there. And uh, so, so many historic players played for both the majors and the Guelph Royals. You talked about Rob Ducey and Fergie Jenkins, of course. He was only in London for a couple of seasons, I believe, Noah, mm -hmm. but uh, made his presence felt. And uh, people around the city certainly remember his time with the majors. I was going to say, so, and it'll be nice to have the Gulf London rivalry back in baseball as well as hockey as well. And uh, I had a couple of London guys on here too, in uh, Mike Stubbs and uh, Jim Van Horn, and they were great to, uh, to come on. But anyways, guys, I want to say thank you again for coming on. And I'll, I'll start with the questions right now. Is that, is that okay? Absolutely. Let's get it. Okay. No problem. First thing I wanted to ask you guys is, can you just tell my audience just a little bit about yourself? And when did you guys know when you wanted to pursue a career in sports casting and doing play-by-play -play and and uh, as um, you're doing, uh, Dylan, as a color analyst? Well, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm 15 years old. So it was a couple of years ago, I started a podcast with my dad talking all about baseball. And that's kind of when I knew that this was something I wanted to pursue. I, I was a big player. I, I really wanted to play. But then as I started to see my playing career fade away, I knew maybe it was time to move into something else. And I wanted to stay around baseball. I do some hockey as well. Uh, but that podcast really led me into this opportunity that Noah and uh, Matt Hiscox, our media relations guy here with the majors, have been gracious enough to offer me. And that's kind of when I knew that I wanted to become a broadcaster. 15 years old, eh? Hey. <laughs> it's impressive. Impressive. Yeah. I was... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, ultra impressive. And uh, it, well, to talk about his baseball career fiddling away at the age of 15, I think uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I was in my prime yet at the age of 15. No, uh, my story you know, fairly similar to Dylan. You know, I think all of us that love sports and, and to the few of us that love sports and also find the love for broadcasting, you just find your way to get involved anywhere, whether it's starting your own podcast nowadays. Um, for me, it was going down to the local rink, taking a camera and a microphone and broadcasting my younger brother's hockey games. That's how it started. And then you work up from there. I went to Fanshawe College, studied radio broadcasting, and then it led me here to London Majors, where I've been working for the last uh, two seasons here and now into my third year with the team. Um, and, and you know what? It's great to see local talent it's great to be out here and grow yourself as a broadcaster give back to the community that you grew up in and uh, we were super gracious to bring on dylan back in 2019 to join us uh, he was like what 13 then 13, 13 years old we we're in the off season we got an email and he he wanted to join i sat down with matt hiscox our media relations manager and i said why not Let's do it. Let's give this kid a shot. And I think it was one of the best decisions we've made so far. It's a big part of our team here that involves me, Matt, 
Dylan, Jackson Farrow, and a number of other volunteers that put on these broadcasts on YouTube uh, every single weekend. It is exciting for us. I think the future for us is bright as well um, with this London Majors broadcast. We're only getting better every year. Well, and like you said, um, I'm starting in a little bit later in life with this. Uh, a couple years ago, the Guelph Nighthawks needed someone to do camera work for one of their games. I had never had done camera work in my life. The producer uh, showed what it, showed me had what I had to do, and then they actually paid me for doing the game, and then they actually uh, referred me to Rogers TV. Um, Jordan at the Kitchener Station accepted me as a volunteer, and then they had me doing the Guelph Storm games before the, the pandemic, and I love it. Uh, it's been a good, great experience with Rogers TV. They've been very patient with me and doing the camera work has been really great. And then it also led me into doing my podcast. So uh, I know I'm doing this a little bit later in life, but it's never too late to change careers and stuff like that. I just wish uh, Dylan, when I was 15 back in 1987, they had podcasts and all this technology that we have now, because I think I would have, uh, gone a different road than what I did, but it's never too late. And uh, I'm just glad to have you on here. And, and you sell, I, I listened to some of your work on YouTube and it's just a matter of time before both you guys do a very good job with the uh, London majors. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. It is, uh, it's a lot of work. I think we'll both sit here and, and agree it's a lot of work. And uh, sometimes it is long nights here at the ballpark. There's a couple nights in 2019. We didn't leave till well in the morning, but uh, it's exciting. We love doing what we're doing. And, and to go back to what you were talking about, Chris, with volunteering with Rogers, and it is a great place for a lot of people to start. And, and you talk about your age and getting started. It's never too too old. It's never too late in life to get started in something, especially if you're passionate about it. If, if you're enjoying it and if you love doing what you're doing, there's no reason why you can't switch careers later on in life and, and do something that uh, you're going to find enjoyment in. And like I said, everybody that has come on my podcast, uh, no matter if it's from a local like yourselves or Guelph or Kitchener or the guys from the national markets, everyone has been really great with me and very supportive of what I'm trying to do. And uh, I've made a lot of new contacts on here and a lot of new friends. And, and it's really great, like I said, with you guys on Twitter and that. I really appreciate you coming on. And I, I kind of, like I said, I'd like to get back into uh, following the uh, IBL a little bit more as well. For sure. And social media is such a great asset now where you can reach out to people and they're so gracious with their time. They're so happy to join a podcast. That's how I started mine. It was all social media. It was reaching out to people through social media and asking, hey, any chance you could give me, you know, 10, 15 minutes of your time for this podcast? And uh, that's exactly what we've done. I mean, you talked about how you wish there were podcasts uh, when you were 15 years old. That's what a lot of people on uh, that I've had on the podcast have said. I mean, they wish that there was the, the, the technology available to them back then. But, but like Noah said, like you've mentioned, it's never too late to, to change careers. And especially in a career like broadcasting, where so many people do it um, later in life as well, they keep going. It's never too late to switch over to this career. Definitely. And uh, just uh, as Chuck Swarski told me yesterday, hard work and just keep doing what I'm doing. Just just make sure you keep – stay humble, uh, stay hungry, and just – make sure you have a good work ethic. And it's like with you guys doing your broadcast, and I've seen it with the Gulf Storm games too, be prepared and just be prepared and always be ready for uh, things that come up unexpectedly during a, a broadcast production too. Because there's so much work that goes into a production that the fans before I started doing this did not see. There is an insane amount of work that goes into putting on a live production, um, and it is it is a lot of work. We're getting here. Um, we're on Rogers TV tonight, so fortunately for us, we don't have to do any of the setup. They do it all for us. We show up, and it's ready to go. But when we have to do the games on our own, live stream on our own, we're here at 4.30, 4 o'clock, getting ready for a 7.30 game, and then we're here another half hour after to wrap up all the cords. And that doesn't even take into account anything that might go wrong. When I was gone the other weekend, Dylan had the internet drop on it mid game. <laughs> it happens. You got to work yep. through those type of things. And, and you know what? It's going to happen. People most of the time understand that and they're, they're okay with it. Yeah, they are. I mean, some people are less accepting of that fact because they want baseball brought to them and you can't blame them, yep. right? Like they want to watch the London majors play on a Friday night, yep. but sometimes it's just out of our control. The internet didn't have enough bandwidth on it to, to handle two streams going at once. And it, that's what happens. We recorded the game. We put it up on YouTube after, I mean, of course, nobody's going to, or not as many people will watch that game, but we were still able to adapt and then overcome the challenges that we faced. 
Um, that's what I've been learning with uh, 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 with uh, Rogers TV with doing the Gulf Storm games as well. So, and um, hopefully I'll be back doing camera work before then as well because I, it's been a year and a half since I've uh, done a camera work last for Rogers TV. So I'm just glad things are a lot better than they were uh, even a year ago. Absolutely, it is. It's been a tough year for all of us. I think the year, I think year and a bit we've had off between calling majors games was felt like the longest year of our lives. But we're just happy to happy to be back at the ballpark. Happy to have live sports back. Happy to be calling live sports. And and like you said, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But we're yes. happy to do it. Definitely. Okay, we'll get to the next question too, guys, because I'll, I'll I'll try to get you out of here before five thirty. Uh, where did you guys both go to school, and did you guys have any mentor or mentors, uh, uh, Dylan and Noel, when you were uh, learning first getting into the broadcasting side of this? Well, I went to Fanshawe College here in London. That's okay. where I did my post secondary. I studied radio broadcasting there. A fantastic program. I did a lot of volunteer work on the side as well. I volunteered with Rogers. I did a lot of that stuff. As far as mentors go, I, the first guy I really grew up listening to on the radio was Bob Cole. And I remember listening to him on Hockey Night in Canada, and he was one of my idols. I wouldn't say he was a mentor. I never got to meet him, and I don't know if that's the definition of mentor is someone that you can learn under. But you do learn a lot, even if he's not there teaching it to you directly. You learn stuff like that locally. Uh, I know you've mentioned Mike Stubbs being on your show. He's a guy I listen to here in the London area calling London Knights games on 1290, now 980. And uh, he's a guy that I've learned a lot from both how to call a game, the pace of how you call a game, and all those little tidbits. He was also a professor at, at Fanshawe, not in any classes that I took. He was in the journalism side of things. But to see him there and to pass on his knowledge to the next generation, he, he's certainly one of my mentors. And for me, I'm still in high school, uh, but I've been fortunate enough to go to a school where one of my teachers is very uh, into the technology side of things, and uh, she's she started an announcements program at the school, and I've helped to develop that and uh, run with that at, at my school right now. As for mentors, I mean, I've had so many great people on the podcast. One stands out in particular, though, Scott MacArthur I had on my podcast uh, very early, and him and I have kept in contact. He works at Sportsnet 590 The Fan, did Jay's Talk uh, with the Blue Jays, worked at TSN in Toronto there, had his own show for – uh, during the, the afternoon drive uh, for several years there. Now he does the lead off on Sportsnet 590. Him and I have kept in contact. We've talked. He's always available if I need to, to chat about something or if I have some questions, concerns, um, any any tips that he can give me. He's, he's gracious enough to do so. So Scott MacArthur is probably one of my mentors. I was going to say, and uh, like I said, I've had a lot of guests too come on, and uh, that's another thing too. I've been able to get numbers and email addresses, and anytime I need to contact somebody or talk to them about something as well, uh, that is uh, very valuable as well. Like That's what I'm learning about this uh, podcast all the time on here. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things for, for both of me and Dylan, we can, we can agree 100%. Make contacts wherever you can. The contacts are uh, what's going to carry you through in this business, whether they're ones that help you with a problem, whether they give you some advice, whether down the road they might be the ones to give you a job. It's all about the contacts that you make. Don't burn any bridges. Don't get on anyone's bad side. Make sure that you're staying in contact with a lot of these people. And uh, more importantly, I think they'll become your friends more than anything. And uh, to me, at least, that uh, that's probably one of the best things in the world, some of these people uh, becoming your friends. You just look down. I know on our podcast, my co-host, uh, Tyler Middleton, he sits there a few times a week and goes, pretty cool that I have this guy's cell phone number and I yes. can text him if I wanted to. Yep. Yes. Like I ended up getting Chuck Swarski's yesterday and I'm like, I can't believe in a year um, I've gone from doing a local podcast to now having guys that are basically Hall of Fame broadcaster types on my podcast. And I'm very, very lucky and appreciative of it. And I just have to keep working hard at it. It's just like uh, playing baseball or sports. You just have to keep doing your reps and just uh, try to keep improving uh, daily on your podcast or your play-by-play uh, -play, uh, broadcast uh, that you do with the majors and also uh, with the uh, Gold Junior Hockey League I was reading up on. Yeah, we've, we've been fortunate to have, have, give, have been given opportunities in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League and the IBL, and you just got to keep at it. And it was so tough in a year with uh, with no sports. I know Noah was lucky enough to call a few hockey games, uh, some exhibition games in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. Not exactly the way that we uh, we had envisioned it. I got to call some as well for for the Kamoka Kings, Noah's with the Strathroy Rockets, and 
that was really the only sports we got besides the Legacy Classic. That was a big game in uh, August 2020 between the Guelph Royals and the London Majors to extend the streak of continuous use at Labatt Park. It's it's hard to continue refining that skill when you don't have reps. So keep getting your reps in, whether it's podcasting, broadcasting, whatever you're doing, make sure you're practicing. Definitely. Okay, my next question for you guys, you've sort of already answered it, but how did you guys also come about uh, volunteering with Rogers TV in London originally? Um, uh, Dylan, uh, if you want to go first. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I was I was offered the spot for the Legacy Classic because I had experience with the majors, and uh, it's contacts, right? Like, Rup Chanadat told Rogers TV, Noah's been with Rogers TV for longer than I have. Rup Chanadat said, hey, we've got a great duo that uh, we've got in our broadcast booth. So I think you guys should use them for the Legacy Classic. That was the first event I did with Rogers TV. And I've continued with them after that point. I had planned on reaching out, but I was still young, so I wasn't sure if they were even going to let me on the air. But uh, it's, it's all about the contacts. Roop recommended me to them, and that's how I got started with Rogers TV. Yeah, and for me, it was uh, it was a little bit before Dylan, but I honestly got into it a little bit late. I didn't go on on Rogers TV for the first time until I was uh, almost 19 years old in my first year at Fanshawe College. Um, Rogers was looking for some volunteers to call a local 13 and under baseball tournament. I went down there, did that, um, and that kind of led into now almost every single baseball coverage that I think Rogers TV London does. I try to get my, my feet in the door and, and try to get on air with it some way, whether it's been um, the Ontario Summer Games, it's been the Offs of Baseball Championships, whether it's been national championship tournaments won here by the London team at Labatt Park. Um, I've also worked in hockey. I, I did some Rogers TV with the London Nationals before I moved on to take my job with Strathroy. Uh, it, it's getting your foot in the door, and, and it's never too late to do so. I mean, you look at Dylan, who got on there for the first time when he was 14. I was 19, and someone might be even older than me, but Rogers is always looking for volunteers. They're a fantastic organization in that way that they don't really turn anyone down. If you want to learn, they're going to help teach you, and they're more than willing to, to be the, the, the outlet for you to learn how to get into the business. And I want to give a shout out to my producer, Neil White, too, because uh, he they uh, basically took me in, like I said, and uh, they uh, made it a good an enjoyable experience. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting back with them very uh, soon. And uh, that's the one thing I, I constantly want to learn and keep improving every day, like you uh, mentioned before, too, Dylan. So, um, OK, that question's done. So the next one I wanted to ask you guys um, like I said, I'm keeping an eye on the clock because I know you guys got to get ready for the game tonight against Brantford. Uh, what are your thoughts of the return of the Intercounty Baseball League and so far of your 2021 London Majors? And can you just tell my audience just a little about the IBL, like uh, how many regular season games are going to be this year and what the playoff format is going to be due to uh, uh, the season starting later due to the pandemic? Well, I'll talk a little bit about uh, just getting back to the park in the 2021 London Majors, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to Dylan to talk about the IBL and uh, a little bit of the playoff formats this year because they are different. Everything has changed a little bit, and Dylan's got that all up in his head, man. He is fantastic with that kind of stuff. Uh, but the 2021 London Majors, they're excited to be back. One thing that is different this year, and it's changing as we move along here, but uh, the IBL season started here in 2021 without any import players, which is a big thing for this league. Usually teams can have three or four guys that are import players, meaning from outside of Canada that can join their team. And they're usually some of your best pitchers and or your best bats in the lineup because they come here and they are solid baseball players. But we didn't have any of that. And I think a lot of people were expecting the teams to struggle, Dylan. But really, we've seen more Canadian talent come. And for the London Majors, there's been a couple of guys from out west, a couple of guys from Winnipeg that have joined us. And they've really made an impact in this lineup. And of course, the local guys that have been fantastic for the Majors. The pitching staff has been good so far, Dylan, which is one thing that I don't know if we're going to say we're surprised about. But we were worried about coming into the season. Was the Majors pitching staff going to be able to keep the runs down to a minimum? And through the first 10 or so games of the season, they held opponents to the lowest earned runs in the entire Intercounty Baseball League. Yeah, the pitching staff's done a really good job. It wasn't that we were worried about what it was going to do, but we were more questioning how it was going to look. We really had no idea because a lot of these guys, it was their first time in the IBL. But that's not the case with a lot of this majors team. It's a lot of returning guys, local guys. They've been here before. They know what it takes to win. The majors have won several pennants, have not had that elusive championship since 1975. They'll be looking to do that this year. And there's going to be some tough competition around the league. I mean, you look at the Kitchener Panthers. They've been finalists for the past, I believe, three seasons, losing out to the Barry Baycats each time. They're hungry. They've got great Canadian talent. They've got guys that have played in the States but are from Canada on their roster 
right now, and that's allowed them to be successful. They sit just a couple games or just a game back, I believe, uh, from the London Majors for first place in the IBL. This year, it's a 30-game season, whereas normally it would be 36. Uh, but due to the pandemic, that is not the case this year. Uh, each team will play the other teams in the league five times um, in a normal season that can depend uh, on the team who you're facing in that given game. Sometimes it's five, six, four. Um, and then as for playoffs, several formats have been discussed. I can't recall if one has been finalized. There was a, a thought that maybe there would be five teams that make it. There would be a play-in game between the fourth place team and the fifth place team for the final playoff spot to take on the team that finishes in first place. I don't know if that's been made official or it could be back to what we've seen where everybody makes the playoffs, except this year, since there are seven teams instead of eight with Guelph not playing, the first place team would get a bye to the next round and then they would reformat things after that. So as for playoff formats, we're not too sure right now, but the season has been shortened six games due to the pandemic. I was going to say, because a lot of these guys have to go back to school or there are jobs in the state. Well, I guess when there was imports. Now, do you think next year the import rule will change due to this? Or do you think they'll go back to the three or four players we were mentioning? I think that the import rule will stay the same. And we're starting to see it go back to normal now with the border opening up uh, to vaccinated United States citizens and permanent residents. So that's going to allow teams uh, to bring guys in from the U.S., not from countries like the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Cuba, like we've seen in the past. These guys are coming in from the United States and we're going to have American talent. I know a lot of teams have those players lined up, but I think the import rule will stay the same. No, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the lower four teams get one more import than the top four teams. But I think that that rule is here to stay. But it's been really good to see the Canadian talent that has kind of taken over the league this year. Noah mentioned the uh, couple Winnipeg guys from uh, the London Majors. I know the Well and Jackfish have a lot of guys from out west. Teams are starting to scout across the country versus just in Ontario. And that's led to an even better brand of baseball in the Intercounty Baseball League. More talent being on display, and it's been really good to see. Yeah, it's just like, exciting. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Chris. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's been exciting to see the Canadian talent really come to fruition here in the IVL this season. Uh, but I think Dylan touched on it well there. I, I don't think we're going to see any rule changes once we go back to the IVL as we've known it over these uh, last couple decades with the import players coming in. I think we're going to see that happen. Maybe it'll open their eyes a little bit. Maybe Maybe they'll say we could go with less imports. Maybe they say all right, we got Canadian talent. You found your Canadian talent. Let's add those imports and just raise the level of the IBL and raise it up to be the league that we all know it can be, the talented league that is filling ballparks like it is here in 2021. I was going to say, and just like with uh, basketball in Canada's taken off, I think baseball as well. Baseball in Canada has come a long way since uh, I was involved with the Gulf Royals back in the uh, uh, 1980s, in my opinion. What's your take on uh, baseball in Canada as well? Yeah, I think it's come a long way. I mean, I can't speak to uh, where it's come from in the 80s because, quite frankly, I wasn't around, Chris. But I do think it has come a long way. And I think one thing that I will touch on here is I do think that this pandemic, if you're going to take anything away from it, it's going to help the Intercounty Baseball League because for the first two months of this season or month of the season, it was the only baseball in Ontario. You couldn't go see the Toronto Blue Jays because you couldn't cross the border. You couldn't go see professional baseball unless it was in your own backyard. And I think it's kind of rejuvenated what the fans here in London may have been questioning. Maybe there's people that were saying, I want to go out to a game, but uh, I haven't heard good things from the people that went. They saw a blowout game that was kind of ugly. There is some good baseball here to be played. And I think a lot of people are going to be more willing to spend $10 to get into a game in their own, in their own backyard rather than drive to Toronto and pay them more money to go see the Blue Jays. And I think we're going to see attendance rise. I think we're going to see the talent rise here in the future. And we talked about the expansion. I, I think this league is really going to prosper in the coming years. I was going to say right now, is uh, the seating capacity still, is it still 1,000 fans? Or can the majors have more depending on the, the size of the ballpark? So because the majors have the uh, highest capacity in out of any of the ballparks in the Intercounty Baseball League at 5,200 uh, and normally at Labatt Park, we see that we see the place get filled up for Pack the Park Canada Day. Right now, in stage three of the province's reopening plan, they're allowed to have up to 75% capacity, which is roughly 3,300 people in the ballpark. Okay. That does not include, or sorry, that does include the uh, stadium staff like us here up in the press box, the media staff as well. So it's just short of 3,300 people, 3,300 fans, I should say, in the ballpark, but 3,300 people is the limit for the majors. Most teams around the IBL, due to lower capacity, normally at their stadiums have a lower number.
Okay. Thank you for answering that question, Dylan. I wasn't sure myself. So if I need to ask anything about the IBL, I'll ask you guys. <laughs> Come to Dylan, honestly. Come to Definitely. Dylan. He, knows, he knows just about anything. and he, He's the guy that I go to for my questions sometimes. So let's just put it that way. I think the, I think the majors last night, Dylan, we, we, got to, we had to have been close to that 3,300 number here at the ballpark, Chris. It was fantastic to see the energy uh, the getting into it in the ninth inning with the strikeout and the ball game. It was something that we didn't get to see in 2019, and it was, it was really amazing for both of us up here. My last baseball game was uh, August 2019, so I haven't been to a live game in two years, and it was a, a Buffalo Bisons game and a Blue Jays game. So um, definitely I'm going to have to put you guys the IBL on a, a game uh, for next year as well. And I've only been to John Labatt Park once in my life, and that was back in 1990 when the uh, London Tigers AA team played there. And I'm going to have to come up to London and, and definitely do a majors game because I haven't been to that ballpark in 31 years now. And I think it's a little bit overdue for me to come back. A little bit overdue, and it's changed a lot since uh, 1990 when the Tigers played here. Whole new grandstand that we're up in right now in the press box, and uh, overall a lot cleaner looking. And one thing I think you'll probably notice the first thing you step up and, and walk up the ramp, Chris, is uh, the skyline. It's constantly changing here in London. Uh, even from when we called games in 2019 to now, I think there's at least two new buildings in yeah. the skyline out here. Um, and it is probably the uh, easily the best skyline in all of the Intercounty Baseball League. Well, I'll definitely, I'll definitely, we'll give you guys heads up and let you know when I, uh, I do come to a game. Uh, I would say probably next year when the season hopefully will start up at the middle of May or end of May. Beginning of May typically is the the one game in Toronto, and then every team is into it by mid-May. Okay, definitely. Uh, my next question I wanted to ask you guys: uh, What is the biggest difference in calling play-by-play -play for the majors from doing play-by-play -play for the? Uh, Strasbury Rockets, and I believe you're doing the other team, Dylan, the Kings? Yes. The Kokomo. Okay. I just wanted to ask you what the biggest difference is from doing the baseball to the hockey, like speed-wise and pace just – Pace of play, I think. <laughs> yeah. Pace, yeah. Uh, I think pace of play is probably the biggest difference you'll notice. Um, hockey obviously is back and forth, and, and junior hockey, although it is uh, just junior B, the league we call, it is fast-paced. These guys can get down the ice quick. If you're on one point when they're in one zone, you're going to be on that same point in 0.5 seconds when they're down the ice. It is quick. Whereas with the majors here in the IBL, we have a lot more time to dive into how that play went down, some stats on guys, um, uh, you know, some analytical things, talk about the skyline, talk about whatever we want to talk about. I think we were in a uh, blowout game last week. What were we talking about? Pizza pie. <laughs> like it, sometimes you get off topic in baseball. That would never happen in a hockey game. Yeah, and a lot of people ask me, what do I prefer, calling hockey or baseball? What's your favorite sport to call? But they're such different sports, it's so hard to decide because I love baseball and I love being able to share these stories, um, whereas hockey, it's so exciting and so fast-paced. They're two polar opposites, really, but they're so enjoyable at the same time. Yeah, and I think if we're going to call games throughout the year, you need to have them be hockey and baseball or at least two different sports because by the time baseball season gets to its end, you're kind of dying to get back into hockey season, change things up a little bit, call some hockey. But the same goes by the time you get into February and hockey season, you're still excited to all the hockey games, but you can't wait for baseball season to roll around. So just switching things up constantly, uh, it's going to keep the broadcasting fun. Yeah, I was going to say, and uh, I also wanted to ask you guys about this too. And I, I did have uh, the uh, assistant general manager on Strathroy Rockets a few months ago, Jake Jeffrey, and he's a super nice guy too. And I told Jake one day I have to catch a game because uh, I would like to see some hockey. I, I do the OHL obviously, but I, I, I do want to start supporting the junior gold junior hockey league a little more and the IBL. Can you just tell my audience a little bit, a little bit more about the gold junior hockey league? Well, it's been around for a long time, Chris. It is one of the longest junior B uh, junior hockey leagues going in Canada and in the history, specifically in the Western division that me and Dylan both call. There has been some junior hockey teams that have been around for a long time. And the fans know that you're going to see a lot of diehard fans out in the Western Conference where we call games. You're going to see them in the other conferences as well. That's not to take anything away from them, but specifically where we get to call games and, and where I got to see games on the road, there is some really great fan bases out here. And we're talking buildings that hold a thousand getting 800 people into a game where it's almost full. And, and whether it's a thousand capacity, a 500 capacity arena, if it's full, it's going to be loud. And I think uh, the big difference between the Intercounty Baseball League when you're outside 
And when you're inside some of these tiny arenas in the greater Ontario Junior Hockey League, it can get loud really, really quick. Yeah, it can. And some of the fan bases like Sarnia, Chatham, uh, Leamington, they, they're so historic and a lot of nationals as well. They've got some really good fans that are into it at every game. They're cheering their teams on and uh, teams like Strathroy and Kamoka get a, get a pretty good pull. A lot of their Saturday night games and, and the fans are into it. I was going to say, and uh, how many teams are currently in that, uh, the Gold Junior Hockey League? So in total, there's 27 teams? I thought it was 25, 25. Maybe. There's, there's, there. there's nine in the Western Conference. I can tell you that. There's nine in the Western Conference. Uh, eight of those teams make the playoffs. One misses out every single year. Um, and then there's two other conferences. There's the Golden Horseshoe, and then there's the Midwest Conference. So uh, three great conferences, and then they all meet uh, for the finals, the Sutherland Cup at the end of the year. And it is one of the uh, greatest moments ever. Before I uh, went and took my job in Strathroy, I was able to host with Rogers TV in uh, the Sutherland Cup Finals between the London Nationals and the Waterloo Siskins. Waterloo winning that one in Game 7 in overtime, and that was probably one of the most exciting hockey games I think I have ever seen in my life. Well, you just answered my next question I was going to ask you. Uh, one thing, there is one American team, isn't there? The Buffalo Junior Sabres, I believe. Uh, the Buffalo or the Regals. Regals. Regals? Yeah. They changed the name? Okay, the Buffalo yeah. Regals. Okay. There is the one team out in uh, out in Buffalo. They were planning on taking the year off um, this most recent winter with everything going on. If the league did get to play, I think they were going to sit out. I haven't heard any updates if they're going to be back for this year. I would imagine so with the uh, border reopening and, and uh, reopening the vaccinated players that they might be getting back into the league in this upcoming 2021-2022 season. I think that's the hope for them and uh, the hope for the league, really, because the more teams, the better. Uh, but yes, like you know, I haven't heard any updates on them. Okay. I just got a couple more questions for you guys, and I'll let you go. Uh, what is your most – I know, uh, Noel, you already answered one about the Rockets, but what is your most memorable uh, majors game you've done so far and uh, Dylan King's game you've uh, done as well? Well, for me, I think the most memorable majors game last night was actually a pretty good one, just the way the fans say, were into that, it. That might be up there. <laughs> it's definitely up there. For me, I think Canada Day in 2019 was a really cool one. The place was packed. It was awesome to see so many fans out here. Then the fireworks post game. It was a really good, uh, good atmosphere for that one. The fans were treated to a great ball game. Majors beat the Barry Baycats. I think it was 15 to three. There were some triples in that game. And I know people love home runs, but to me, there's no more exciting play in baseball than a triple where a guy's just motoring around the bases um, and inside the Parkers as well. But yeah, that's probably my favorite majors game. As for the Kings, uh, there were so many great ones to choose from. There was one game. I think it was against the Strathroy Rockets, no, where the Kings were down 2 nothing after two periods. They came all the way back. They scored four in the third, and they wound up winning that game. That was really exciting to call. That one wasn't so memorable for me. <laughs> <laughs> Calling that one on the other side, that one was uh, certainly not as memorable. Uh, for me, the majors' uh, most memorable game, I was going to say, when you said that right off the top last night, honestly, I know it's fresh in our minds, but it was up there. The amount that the crowd was into the game. If you have a chance, go to the majors uh, Twitter page, look at the video they posted of the final out, the final strikeout and listen to the crowd. We had to just take a step back and let the crowd take us there. Um, but honestly, we saw a walk off home run in the 12th inning. That was at about one in the morning back in 2019. And I don't know if it's the most memorable, but it was a long night. Yeah. And you don't forget those, Chris. You don't forget those long nights at the park. And in terms of Rockets, I know I know, I said one about the London Nationals. But with Rockets, we uh, we were hosting the, um, what is it called? Rogers Hometown Rogers Hockey. Rogers Hometown Hockey. I was going to say Hockey Day in Canada. We were hosting Rogers Hometown Hockey. And we got blown out by Leamington. The game wasn't overly close. But the building was packed. It was full to the brim. And uh, I saw a goalie fight. I got to call my first ever goalie fight in that game. Uh, whether or not I'll ever get to do that again, I don't know. So shout out Josh Diamond <laughs> for uh, getting in that scrap. But uh, it, it, that was a memorable moment. And I was going to say, having fans in the stands again makes a difference. Because even with the Gulf Nighthawks, which are CBL basketball, it, it, it makes a huge difference with baseball, basketball, hockey, having fans in the building again. And it makes for a better broadcast, in my opinion, as well. For sure. There's no beating the atmosphere when there are a bunch of crazy fans in the ballpark cheering on their teams. Um, I mean, I'm, I, we certainly missed it last year in the, the one game we got to call for the majors, the Legacy Classic. I remember in 2019, there was a game. It was a, it was a late night as well. It wasn't the 11 inning game, I don't believe. Um, I think it was against the Guelph Royals, actually. And there were just 
seven or eight fans right in front of the press box. <laughs> and they were having the time of their lives just singing every song that came over the loudspeakers, entertaining us up here in the booth when things were maybe a little bit slow. It was a really good time. And and the fans, there's not there's nothing that beats them. Okay. And then I just got two quick questions left. Uh, any predictions for the 2021 LBL championship? Obviously, London's going to be one of the favorites, but maybe there's uh, maybe a second or a third team that could be a, a threat to the majors. And what's your thoughts on the uh, who could be a favorite in the 2022 uh, Gold Junior Hockey season? Well, I'll start with the, uh, the IBL this season. Um, obviously, I think London looks fantastic. Um, I think they have a team that if you put them in a seven game series against any other team in this league, they have a real shot at winning this thing, whether or not um, they have everyone guys go back to school in September, whether or not their roster looks the same in September when the playoffs roll around, it's hard to tell Um, Kitchener Kitchener is going to be the team that I think is going to be favorites to win this year. They've been right there. They've lost to Barry the last few years, but Barry is not the team that they've used to be at least early on here in the season. They're not the same ball club. So I think Kitchener this year, they're going to be right on the doorstep. Uh, As far as hockey goes, I have no idea. I have no idea. There's going to be such turnover on these rosters, new kids coming in. Uh, I know us in Strathroy, there might be three or four familiar faces. Other than that, who knows? Yeah, and I agree with Noah there. I think London and Kitchener are going to be right up there. The Toronto Maple Leafs as well, a team that uh, has a lot of great bats, the baseball team, not the hockey team, of course. Um, (laughs) But I think it'll it'll be the majors. Kitchener and Toronto will be right up there for that championship this year. And for hockey, I mean, you can always count on a lot of nationals, Leamington Flyers and the Western Conference putting out a good team. The Caledonia Corvairs uh, out in the Golden Horseshoe Conference, they've always got a great product out there on the ice, so they certainly have a shot at winning the Sutherland Cup this year. But I think it is anybody's guess, like Noah was saying, because unlike the IBL, players can age out of the league. They become too old and they can't play anymore. And that's been the case with a lot of the players on both the Strathroy Rockets and the Kamoka Kings. So I think with the Kings, it'll be a similar thing where there are a couple familiar faces, but everybody else for the most part is new. A quick question. What is the age uh, limit for the uh, Gold Junior Hockey League? I know with the OHL, they can play up to uh, 20, I believe. 20 is the uh, overage number. I just was wondering about the Gold Junior Hockey League, What there, if there was an age limit. It's the same one as the Ontario Hockey League. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Okay. There was some talks um, recently about giving some of those guys an extra year that maybe didn't get to play last year. But honestly, I don't know if anything's come of that, and I don't know whether or not we're going to see the age uh, age limit raised for a year or not to get those guys in in uniform. But uh, it, it's anybody's guess. But yeah, twenty uh, similar to the OHL, um, they all follow the exact same protocols. Yeah, unfortunately, the OHL decided not to let overagers come back from last year, and I really thought they should have given it consideration or more because it wasn't the players' fault about the pandemic and stuff like that. And one thing, like you said about the Go Junior Hockey League, the OHL is going to be the same too because I know London Knights are a powerhouse and the Storm are still the defending OHL champs from two years ago, but it's going to be very interesting because I know the team like the Storm, I have up to 13 rookies on their team this year, and a lot of teams there's going to be a lot of turnover since uh, uh, the OHL and your league, the Gold Junior Hockey League as well. So I think the first months is going to be very interesting. Yeah, a lot of turnover for sure with all these teams. And uh, it'll be exciting, I think, to see a lot of fresh faces and to go into the season at least with no idea of who's going to be good, who's going to be the leaders, who's the team to watch out for. It's going to take at least a couple weeks before we figure out who's got a good hockey team. And I think that's going to be exciting for both of us when the puck does drop in September. Oh, September. That's when the Go Junior Hockey League starts up. Okay. September, early October. I don't think they've released the schedules yet. So okay. They have not. Uh, generally, they do start in uh, late September. So I'm imagining that they're going to probably aim for around the same time zone. Um, but if not, I would certainly expect early October. And how many regular season games do they normally play? Right around 50 usually. I think it okay. was 48. They always bounce between 52, 50, and 48. Okay, good to know. And then uh, just two quick questions. Um, any advice for those, not just myself, looking to pursue a career in TV, radio, play-by-play? And my other one, uh, I, sh- I was going to ask you after, but I'll do it with this one. Uh, where else can people find you guys on social media? I do have you guys down on Twitter, but if you guys are on other social media besides uh, Twitter as well. Yeah, I think the big thing, Chris, for anyone looking for advice, um, how to get in the door is to just get started some way, somehow. You might be wondering, 
where do I get started? Rogers TV, if they have a local uh, cable station, they're a great place to get started. If you have a microphone and a computer, start your own podcast. That's a great way to get started. Interview people. Go to games and just do play-by-play in your head. All these are great ways to practice, get into it, and get used to sitting there. It's weird, honestly, sometimes when you're sitting up here and people are watching you call a game. You just got to get used to that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with Noah. And the big advice that everybody's given me on the podcast is, is just get started. Show people that you deserve an opportunity to continue to grow and, 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 and go on to bigger and better things. Because the reality is it, it is about the contact industry like broadcasting. And nobody's going to give you an opportunity and show that you deserve one. So you need to go out there, get started, start your own podcast like so many have done recently. Uh, go out to Rogers TV like Noah just mentioned, Kojiko in certain areas as well. They're looking for volunteers. Get started somehow because you're not going to be able to move up if you don't get started. Okay, that's great. And uh, like I said, guys, uh, I do have your Twitter handles on here too. Are you guys also on uh, Facebook and other social media outlets besides Twitter? I think we both are. The big way to follow us, though, obviously, those Twitters that uh, I can see down there below, make sure you give us a follow there because that's where a lot of the sports stuff is going to come on the Twitter. Um, And obviously, you can follow us both here uh, at the London Majors. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. A lot of our content going up there. And uh, I'll go ahead for both of us, Dylan, and plug the game tonight. Rogers TV in the IBL Game of the Week in the Rogers TV view in the regions that the IBL is played in. And then as well on our YouTube page, we'll also be broadcasting the game there the london majors on youtube so you can go watch the game there we look forward to uh, calling the game tonight and uh, it should be a good one here between the Brantford red sox and the london majors okay well i'll definitely have to watch check out the argos game i'm an argos fan at seven and also have to keep uh, up to date with what you guys are doing as well with the uh, majors and uh brantford tonight as well well the argos on the big tv chris and then you put the majors down here on the laptop in front of you and then you can mm-hmm. still tweet on the phone or whatever you want to do. And you can you can have the, all the bases covered. And with uh, the CFL back, the NFL starting up, it's so much. I uh, We went a long time last year without live sports. And what a difference over a year makes, eh? Absolutely, it does. It's been it's been crazy to see the changes that have been made with both. I mean, having less fans in the ballpark and and the different players that have come in. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having the CFL back. It's good to see them back in, and the National Football League as well. Okay. Well, guys, I'm going to let you go because it's almost 5.30, but I just want to say thank you so much to uh, Dylan and Noel for coming on today. And maybe in the fall, you guys might be able to be interested in coming back, and we'll just talk strictly uh, uh, the Gold Junior Hockey League, if that's all right. That's, sure, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us on again, and uh, best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much. Have a great game call tonight, guys, and we'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Anyways, guys, I just want to say thank you to uh, Dylan and Noel uh, uh, for coming on tonight uh, live with CDP podcast and talking some IBL uh, baseball with me. Uh, They are the TV play-by-play voice, uh, Noel is, and Dylan's the color analyst. And they also do uh, some work with the uh, Gold Junior Hockey League's uh, Stratford Rockets and the Komoka uh, Kings as well. So uh, anyways, I really, again, uh, appreciate them coming on again tonight. And before I go, guys, I'm just going to put their handles on here. You guys can follow Noel and uh, Dylan at uh, Twitter. Noel at NoelSmith016 at DBakes11. And then for the London Majors, you can check out their website, www.londonmajors.com or just Google London Majors. And as for the IBL, you guys can check out the IBL's website, uh, theibl.ca. And uh, looking forward to uh, following that league uh, even more next year and the uh, Gold Junior Hockey League as well. Anyways, uh, like I said, I hope they have a great game tonight. The majors take on the Brantford Red Sox at 7.30 at John Labatt Park in London. It's the, uh, one of the oldest ballparks in North America, I believe. Uh, next time I have them on, I will ask them uh, which other stadiums are up there in age with John Labatt Park, which is in uh, downtown London as well. So uh, anyways, guys, like I said, I really appreciate everybody coming on tonight. And uh, like I said, uh, some other news, the NFL Hall of Fame ceremony speeches will start tonight at 6.30, only on the NFL Network. And I'm going to be interested to see what uh, Peyton Manning has to say. Uh, he headlines the uh, class of 2021 
as well as former Michigan Wolverine standout and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, Charles Woodson as well. And uh, some other news, guys, before I get going. Um, Buffalo Bisons open up uh, Saline Field for the first time in two years. This Tuesday, August 10th at 7.05 against the Rochester uh, Red Wings. And uh, I'm hoping to have their uh, TV voice, uh, Pat Malacaro, uh, back on again in the future. So, again, guys, I want to say thank you this week to Pat Malacaro, Chuck Swarski, Noel Smith, and Dylan Baker uh, for coming on uh, my podcast live with CDP tonight. So, anyways, guys, and we got the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, opening up their regular season tonight at 7 o'clock on TSN against the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, Bethel McLeod Thompson will be starting. Uh, Nate Arbuckle will be the backup quarterback. Uh, well, hopefully we'll see how the Argos do. I am just so glad the CFL's back, and I do expect the uh, 2021 Argonauts to be an improvement over the 2019 team. Uh, and I believe uh, what Don Landry was telling me a couple months ago, around 90% of the roster has changed since uh, 2019 as well. Anyways, guys, uh, before I go, I'm just going to also let you guys know, live with CDP podcasts, the audio version is on Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and I do put my um, audio version of my Live with CDP podcast on my LinkedIn page too. If you guys want to follow me on LinkedIn, I'm on there as well. So. Uh, my next broadcast, guys, I'm not sure when it is. It's going to be basically uh, date and time to be announced. I do have some more guests coming on. Uh, I'm just not sure. I might take next week off, but uh, I do have one coming on from the Toronto Blue Jays. He's just going to wait until their homestand or 11-game uh, homestand's done. And I have another guest coming on in the middle of August as well, uh, Don Landry, uh, formerly of the – uh, the PA announcer for the Toronto Argonauts and from the Fan 590 is going to come back on, talk some CFL and NFL with us. And I also have Mike Camito, who's a team historian for the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL, and he's also an official writer for the LAKings.com website as well. He'll be on on August 20th. So, guys, I hopefully I'll have some more podcasts next week, but if not, I, I definitely the week after have a couple more lined up. I'm still working on getting more guests on as well. So, all right, guys, and uh, again, um, I want to say thank you to everybody for watching on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch live streaming, and you guys, after I'm done this podcast, will download it to those um, uh, platforms I just mentioned now. So I hope you guys all have a great weekend. Enjoy the CFL games tonight. Enjoy the NFL Hall of Fame ceremony speeches. And also check out uh, Dylan and Noel on uh, Rogers TV London or on the YouTube channel and, uh, and, and see some good baseball with the uh, Brampton Red Sox and the London Majors as well. So, and uh, again, I want to say thank you to both of them for coming on and uh, we'll all we'll talk to you. Hopefully we'll talk to you guys soon. And when I do have my guests uh, lined up and that confirmed for next week, I will let you guys know ahead of time as well. So, all right, guys, have a great weekend and thanks for watching live with CDP podcast.